नमस्कार अ वोम वेलकम टू वर्ल्ड न्यूज एंड इंडियन परस्पेक्टिव ऑन ऑल इंडिया रेडियो दिस इज रेणुका एंड विथ मी इज अनिता आनंद ब्रिंगिंग ग्लिम्सेज ऑफ द मेजर डेवलपमेंट्स ऑफ द डे फ्रॉम अक्रॉस द ग्लोब ओवर द नेक्स्ट हाफ एन आवर वी शेल ब्रिंग यू द लेटेस्ट फ्रॉम द वर्ल्ड ऑफ पॉलिटिक्स इकोनॉमी स्पोर्ट्स एंटरटेनमेंट एंड मॉ द हेडलाइंस Prime Minister Narendra Modi to participate in outreach session of G7 summit on 12th and 13th of June in virtual format. New Delhi and Kuwait sign an MOU which gives legal protection to Indian workers in Kuwait. India Australia holds first meeting of joint working group on cyber security cooperation. President Joe Biden revokes Donald Trump executive order banning Chinese apps TikTok and WeChat. China's national legislature approves new law as the country's countermeasures against foreign sanctions. US to donate 500 million COVID-19 vaccine doses to various countries and in tennis, Russia's Anastasia Pavlyuchikova storms into finals in women's single French Open. As many states are relaxing lockdown norms we advise our listeners not to lower their guard as the covid-19 pandemic remains a threat to our health please stay at home unless it is essentially to go, essential to go out and continue to follow the four simple steps wear a face mask maintain 2 gaz ki doori for social distancing focus on hand and face hygiene and get vaccinated for any covid related information and guidance contact national helpline numbers 011 23978046 and 1075 and now the news in detail Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi will participate in the outreach session of the G7 summit on 12th and 13th of June in virtual format Briefing media this evening external affairs ministry spokesperson Arindam Bakshi said UK currently holds the presidency of the G7 and has invited India along with South Korea and South Africa as guest countries for the G7 summit the meeting will be held in hybrid mode this is the second time prime minister modi will be participating in G7 the uk has outlined four priority areas for its presidency these are leading the global recovery from coronavirus while strengthening resilience against future pandemics promoting future prosperity by championing free and fair trade tackling climate change and preserving the planet's biodiversity and championing shared values and open societies The leaders are expected to exchange views on the way forward and on global recovery from the pandemic with a focus on health and climate change. Group of 7 G7 leaders are meeting in Cornwall, England to discuss agreements on global taxes and COVID-19 vaccine distribution. Top leaders representing Western democracies are gathering from Friday through the weekend. The United Kingdom is hosting the event to be attended by heads of government from the US, Canada, France, Germany, Italy and Japan. Leaders from South Africa, Australia and South Korea are also attending the meeting. The US President Joe Biden is on a first trip abroad to attend the meet since taking office in January. Group of 7G7 foreign ministers began their consultations in early May to discuss Western pushback against Russia and China, the coronavirus, economic recovery and climate change. External Affairs Minister Dr S Jay Shankar held discussions with his Kuwait counterpart Dr Ahmed Nasser Mohammed Al Sabah in a series of tweets Dr Jay Shankar welcomed the openness to address the issues of Indian community in Kuwait he said he valued Kuwait foreign minister's assessments and insights on regional issues 
Dr. Jai Shankar also witnessed the signing of an MOU that will give Indian workers greater legal protection. He also launched a celebration of 60th anniversary of India-Kuwait ties. He is on a three-day visit to Kuwait. India is in touch with the Chinese side in order to seek an early resumption of travel by Indian citizens to China, especially for those who work or study there. External Affairs Ministry spokesperson Orindam Bhakji said, Currently, persons from China, including Chinese nationals, are able to travel to India despite the absence of direct air connectivity. However, for Indian nationals, travel to China has not been possible since last November, as the Chinese side had suspended existing visas. In March this year, the Chinese embassy issued a notification about facilitating visas for those taking Chinese-made vaccines. It is understood that several Indian nationals have applied for Chinese visas after getting vaccinated in that manner, but they are yet to be issued visas. Since these Indian nationals have apparently met the requirements laid down by the Chinese embassy, we would hope that the Chinese embassy would be able to issue them visas soon. As conveyed earlier, we have been in touch with the Chinese side in order to seek an early resumption of travel by Indian citizens to China, especially those who work and study there. The External Affairs Ministry on Thursday said the material seized last week in Bukaru, Jharkhand, is not uranium and not radioactive. In response to a media query, External Affairs Ministry spokesperson Arindam Bhakti said the gratuitous remarks about India by Pakistan's Foreign Ministry on a media report about seizure of suspected material indicate their disposition to malign India without caring to check or verify facts. The spokesperson also reaffirmed that India maintains a stringent law-based regulatory system for internationally controlled items, which is reflected in its impeccable non-proliferation credentials recognized by the international community. Minister of State for External Affairs B. Murli Dharan on Thursday held a virtual meeting with Ice Minister of Foreign Affairs of Indonesia, Mahinder Sirigar. Mr. Murli Dharan thanked the Indonesian government for the relief materials which were sent to India for fighting the COVID-19 pandemic. During the meeting, both leaders reviewed India-Indonesia bilateral relationship spanning across a wide range of areas. They also discussed cooperation on regional issues and in multilateral fora. Both leaders expressed commitment to further strengthen India-Indonesia comprehensive strategic partnership. The first meeting of Joint Working Group on Cyber Security Cooperation between India and Australia was held virtually on Thursday. Paulomi Tripathi, Director Oceania in Ministry of External Affairs, led the Indian delegation of experts to discuss the cyber security cooperation between the two countries. The Joint Working Group on Cyber Security Cooperation is a mechanism established under the framework arrangement on the cyber and cyber-enabled te- critical technology cooperation between India and Australia to implement the 2020-25 Plan of Action under the framework. It brings together policymakers and working-level experts in the area to strengthen bilateral cooperation. During this first meeting of the JWG, both sides noted the steady progress made in bilateral relations after the elevation of the leadership to comprehensive strategic partnership during the leaders' virtual summit between the two Prime Ministers in June last year. Both sides reaffirmed their commitment to work together in the areas of digital economy, cybersecurity and critical emerging technologies as identified by the framework arrangement on cyber and cyber-enabled critical technology cooperation. 
India has administered more than 24 crore 58 lakh doses of COVID-19 vaccine in the country so far. Union Health Ministry said more than 30 lakh 32,000 vaccine doses were administered till 7 p.m. on Thursday, out of which more than 27 lakh 33,000 beneficiaries were vaccinated for the first dose, and more than 2 lakh 99,000 beneficiaries received second dose of the vaccine. The country had launched the world's largest vaccination drive on 16th of January this year. The ministry said more than 18 lakh 64,000 beneficiaries of the age group 18 to 44 years received their first dose of COVID vaccine on Thursday, and more than 77,000 beneficiaries of the same age group received a second dose of COVID vaccine. Cumulatively, over 3 crore 58 lakh people across 37 states and union territories have received vaccine dose since the start of phase three of the vaccination drive. The ministry said Bihar, Delhi. Gujarat, Haryana, Karnataka, Madhya Pradesh, Maharashtra, Rajasthan, Tamil Nadu, Telangana, Uttar Pradesh, and West Bengal have administered more than 10 lakh beneficiaries of the age group of 18 to 44 years for the first dose of COVID vaccine. The liberalised and accelerated phase three strategy of COVID-19 vaccination has come into force from first of last month. The center on Thursday reviewed the progress of vaccination and public health response to COVID-19 with states and union territories. States have been advised to focus on second dose coverage among healthcare workers and frontline workers. Union Health Secretary Rajesh Bhushan chaired the high-level meeting with the states and UTs. During the meeting, the progress of vaccination was reviewed in the light of the revised guidelines for implementation of national COVID vaccination program and recent advisories. States were also informed of the modifications of CoWin platform aimed to make it more effective as a back-end management tool for the country-wide vaccination drive. States were informed that the CoWin platform is now available in 12 languages. Mr. Bhushan highlighted the low vaccination coverage among healthcare workers and frontline workers, especially for the second dose. He termed it as a cause of serious concern. The secretary said the national average for the first dose administration among the healthcare workers is 82%, and the national average for second dose among is only 56%. The nation continues to march strongly on its path of COVID recovery, with a gradual decrease in total number of active cases. For the third consecutive day, the number of newly daily cases remained below one lakh figure. In the past 24 hours, over one lakh fifty-one thousand COVID patients recovered from the disease, whereas in the same time span, ninety-four thousand fifty-two fresh cases were recorded nationwide. The number of fresh cases recorded is lowest in over two months' time span. With this, the recovery rate in the country has further improved to 94.77%. The cumulative share of active COVID cases in the country continues to witness consistent decline and comprises nearly 4% of the total reported cases. The health ministry has informed that currently near 11 lakh 67,000 people are reported to be suffering from the viral disease and are either hospitalized or under home isolation. The daily positivity rate also remained below 5% and much below the 10% mark for the 17th consecutive day. This is All India Radio giving you the world news. Three steps to stay protected and stay safe from COVID-19. Wear face mask, do gaz ki duri to maintain social distancing, maintain hand and face hygiene. China's national legislature has approved a new law against 
foreign sanctions aimed at providing a legal basis for the country's countermeasures against such actions. The anti-foreign sanctions law was passed on Thursday at a closing session of the National People's Congress Standing Committee, but details of the law have not yet been made public. State media reported the move was intended to provide a legal basis for China to respond to sanctions. It is the first major retaliatory legal move by China as it has issued counter-sanctions in response to sanctions against it from the United States, the European Union, Britain and Canada over Beijing's handling of Xinjiang and Hong Kong. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesman Wang Wenbin said that the passage of the new law showed China's determination to protect its sovereignty and core interests and would not affect its relations with other countries. President Joe Biden has revoked an executive order from his predecessor Donald Trump banning Chinese apps TikTok and WeChat in the U.S. The ban faced a series of legal challenges and never came into force. Instead, the U.S. Department of Commerce will now review apps designed and developed by those in the jurisdiction of a foreign adversary such as China. President Biden said it should use an evidence-based approach to see if they pose a risk to U.S. national security. TikTok did not offer comment on the news. Former President Trump ordered the ban on new downloads of the viral video app TikTok, which is owned by Chinese firm ByteDance in 2020. He described it at the time as a threat to national security. A proposal was produced that would have seen Oracle and Walmart owning a U.S. entity of the service and taking responsibility for handling TikTok's U.S. user data and content moderation. The Biden administration is expected to buy 500 million doses of Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine to donate to the world. According to Washington Post, U.S. President Joe Biden is slated to announce the plan to buy vaccines at the Group of Seven meetings in Britain this week. This comes amid growing calls for the United States and rich nations to play a more substantial role in boosting the global supply of coronavirus vaccines. Biden told reporters on Thursday as he boarded Air Force One to Europe that he would be announcing his global vaccine strategy. The United States recently shared a framework for the distribution of 80 million vaccines globally to address potential surges and the needs of the most vulnerable countries affected by the pandemic. The Biden administration has announced the allocation of the first tranche of 25 million COVID-19 vaccines globally, including India. Prime Minister Sheikh Hasina of Bangladesh has urged the Islamic scholars, teachers, political leaders and activists to make efforts to keep the youth away from the destructive path of militancy and terrorism. Inaugurating 50 model mosques through video conferencing from her official residence in Dhaka on Thursday, Prime Minister Hasina said that militancy is damaging the image of Islam across the globe. Denouncing terrorism and militancy, Sheikh Hasina said that nobody goes to heaven by killing people. She said that the model mosques would preach the true message of Islam in the country. She also called upon people to keep society free from harmful social practices like child marriage, dowry, violence against women and drugs. Bangladesh has embarked upon a plan to construct 560 model mosques across the country. A military plane crashed near Mandalay in Myanmar, killing 12 people on board on Thursday morning. The plane had taken off from the capital city, Napier for the 
the town of Pien O Luen when it crashed about 300 meters from a steel plant. The plane was carrying six military personnel and monks who were going to attend a ceremony at a Buddhist monastery, Reuters quoted the local media. According to Irawadi News, well-known monk Abhishek Maharatha Guru Dr. Bhatanda Kavisara from the Zegon Monastery in Nepieto and another monk died in the crash. One passenger and the pilot of the plane survived the crash. No casualties took place on the ground. Today in the hot spot, we bring you a discussion on minimum support price hike for Kharif crops, a boost to farmers. Yesterday, government raised the MSP of Kharif crops for the season 21-22 with major focus on increasing the MSP of oil seeds and pulses. Mr. Harbit Singh, what according to you is the main point of the MSP announcements made yesterday? What is the key takeaways from that? It is very important that uh, Kharif MSP is announced timely because as per the principle that MSP must be announced before the showing of the crop. Now Kharif showing is going to start and government has given a clear signal to the farmer which crop they want to choose which will be economically more beneficial to them by sowing them. So one important hint is there. Another point is that this announcement is more and more focused about the balancing of the crop or we can say to increase the diversification. Farmers should not stick just to the food grain. They must opt for other crops also where they can get good remuneration by planting them. The last two monsoons have been very good for the country, very good for the farmers. We have a lot of stocks of food there. So we have to focus on other crops. Like on edible oil, we are still importing almost more than 65% of our requirement from abroad. So if we grow more oil seed, we can save 80,000 crores per annum. Not only save, that money will go into the pocket of the Indian farmers. It will basically keep the prices under control. So that's why we have grown more crops, particularly oil seeds. And our production of pulses reached more than 23 million tons, which is very close to our domestic requirement. If we are able to make them assure the good price, at the same time, government will procure your produce at the MSP. So both with the combination of these two initiatives resulted that we are less dependent on pulses import now. We can replicate this success story into oil zeros. Do you think it is possible to shift or encourage the farmers to leave paddy cultivation and go for the pulses or oil seeds? We have to come out with a solution because just MSP increase is not the only solution or a way to encourage the farmers to shift from particular crop to other crop. If productivity will not go up and these pulses varieties are not basically protected from the disease because these attacks also happen very frequently in pulses. So this is the basically lack of research focus on these varieties of basically pulses. Our agriculture research system should focus more. They must come out with better varieties which are more yield so that economic gain can be much more than paddy. On the other hand, as you see, some state governments have taken some initiatives. Like Chhattisgarh government has announced recently that farmer will move from paddy to some other crops. They will get 10,000 rupees per acre input subsidy extra. So Haryana government is also promoting that kind of a scheme. Some other states also can follow the, this thing. So it is not just uh, that the income from selling that particular produce will translate this diversification, but we need a complete package of solutions. We need high-yielding varieties of policies and policies. We need proper protection to the from loss and uh, maybe the insurance coverage. 
in a better manner and at the same time some incentive given by the states or direct to the farmers procurement of pulses has grown up basically it is not as per the program by this fci or as per state corporation but nafed played very important role because this deficiency payment made by the central government through nafed and the government has given states that basically they can borrow up to certain level of the funds to buy pulses and oil seeds and that if they are forced to sell at below msp the difference will be paid by the central government to them they have borrowing limit with them so it is basically the initiative by the state government the state should come forward ultimately state plays maximum role in the agriculture sector because on the ground it is the state government and the state must be we have seen in this ravi season that due to some international price increase of edible oil prices of edible oil actually increased in a big way then mustard farmers started getting over and above msp prices even from the beginning from march itself so in that case sometimes market also plays very important role in this scenario there is no need to buy by the state government or specifically because market itself is paying better prices for farmer but at the same time it is the role of the state government should be to assure the farmer that your produce will be procured at msp in any case they must have a system to do that only then this assurance i think will encourage the farmer to diversify for this pulses is not just a food grain it is basically nutritional security also and pulses are very important source of protein in that sense we have basically increased the coverage of pulses under public distribution system government last year announced and gave gram chana under pradhan mantri garib kalyan yojana 1 kg chana to poor sector society because under national food security act it is not just you have to provide food grain to the poor sector society at the same time it also says that you have to ensure the nutritional security because nutritional security plays very important role because if there is no malnutrition among the pregnant women and the children it will also save the cost of health also for the country and our next generation basically grow in a healthy environment with a healthy body pulses is a very important commodity which can be accessed and we have to use that tool because in the last few decades production has not grown up in proportion per capita pulses availability has gone down that is not a healthy sign for a society which aspires for a good future thank you arvind sir thank you for sharing your views the first solar eclipse of this year occurred on thursday beginning at 1:42 pm and lasted till 6:45 pm indian time the duration of this solar eclipse at greatest eclipse was around 3 minutes and 51 seconds the full annular or ring of fire eclipse was only visible in the far north in arctic nasa shared the telescope view of the eclipse and also some images from east coast In India the eclipse was partially visible in some parts of Ladakh and Arunachal Pradesh. The annular solar eclipse happens when the moon blocks the sunlight and casts a shadow over earth. The Sensex and the Nifty today rose more than half a percent amid positive Asian cues. The Sensex closed above the 52000 mark while the Nifty settled above the 15700 level. The rupee depreciated 8 paise against the US currency and global oil prices extended gains to trade above $72 per barrel. A report from the Business World. 
The Sensex at the Bombay Stock Exchange climbed 359 points or 0.69% to finish at 52,300. The Nifty at the National Stock Exchange also surged 102 points or 0.65% to close at 15,738. In global equity markets, the major Asia-Pacific equity indices closed with gains. China's Shanghai Composite Index added half a percent, South Korea's Kospi, Japan's Nikkei 225 and Singapore's straight times, gained 0.3% each. Hong Kong's Hang Seng slipped around 0.1%. European shares were trading mixed in intraday trade. Oil prices gained amid hope of rise in fuel demand in summers. Oil prices are near a 52-week high. Brent rose to trade above $72 a barrel, while WTI bounced back above the $70 per barrel mark. In intraday trade, Brent crude prices were trading around $72.50 cents per barrel. Back home, gold prices fell 300 rupees at multi-commodity exchange for August contracts amid fall in the prices in the international markets. Gold was trading at 48,830 rupees per 10 grams. Silver prices also declined 415 rupees to trade at 71,470 rupees per kilogram for July contracts when reports last came in. And in the forex market, the rupee weakened 8 pesos to finish at 73 rupees and 6 pesos against the U.S. dollar. Rajesh Lake for World News, All India Radio. Now the sports news in the French Open tennis. Russia's Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova has stormed into the world women's single final beating Slovenia's Tamara Zidansek 7-5-6-3. She will vie for her maiden Grand Slam title against the winner of the second semi-final now underway between Maria Sakkari of Greece and Barbora Krachikova of the Czech Republic. In men's section, 13-time champion Rafael Nadal and top-seeded Novak Djokovic will face each other in semi-final tomorrow. As the Tokyo Olympics Games are knocking at the door, All, Indian Radio, All India Radio has started a series on the preparations for the Games. In the series today, we will feature table tennis. In table tennis, four Indian players have sealed their spot for the Tokyo Olympics this time. In the men's singles, Vetin Sharad Kamal making his fourth appearance at the Summer Games will be accompanied by Satyan Gyansekaran, while Manika Batra and Sutirtha Mukherjee will be competing in the women's singles. The mixed doubles events, which makes its debut at Tokyo this time, will feature the duo of Manika Batra and Sharad Kamal, along with 15 other pairs from across the world. Talking to All India Radio News, veteran Sharad Kamal, who had qualified for the fourth time for Olympics Games, said that the paddler from the country will be able to put an impressive show in Tokyo. This bar Tokyo Olympics mein mixed doubles ko leke hamari kafi ummeed hai kafi acche khel rahe hain aur world number 5 ko bhi haraye the Olympic qualifiers mein aur hamare taiyare bhi kafi achhi chal rahi thi so i think that experience will play a very important role the country is hopeful that these tennis players will come up with their best performance in the olympics and live up to the medal tally Now let us take a look at the major developments around the world as reported in the foreign press. Washington Post highlight that India's pandemic surge eases, a race begins to prepare for a possible next wave. Paper also mentions that Biden to meet with Boris Johnson announced U.S. vaccine donation ahead of G7. 
न्यूयॉर्क टाइम्स राइट्स कंज्यूमर प्राइसेस जंप्ड 5 परसेंट इन मे फ्रॉम ईयर अर्लियर फास्टर देन एक्सपेक्टेड वॉल स्ट्रीट जर्नल ऑल्सो रिपोर्ट्स दैट द कंज्यूमर प्राइसेस रोज 5 परसेंट इन मे इन यूएस फाइनेंशियल टाइम्स सेज बाइडन जॉनसन टॉक्स अंडरमाइंड बाय डीप कंसर्न्स ओवर नॉर्दर्न आयरलैंड The Guardian quoting EU saying that Boris Johnson must respect rule of law and implement Brexit deal. Gulf Times reports that IATH roll out covid travel pass in Middle East soon. And now a quick look at the headlines once again. Prime Minister Narendra Modi to participate in outreach session of G7 summit on 12th and 13th of June in virtual format. New Delhi and Kuwait sign an MOU which gives legal protection to Indian workers in Kuwait. India Australia holds first meeting of joint working group on cyber security cooperation. President Joe Biden revokes Donald Trump executive order banning Chinese apps, TikTok and WeChat. China's national legislature approves new law as a country's countermeasures against foreign sanctions. US to donate 500 million COVID-19 vaccine doses to various countries and in tennis Russia's Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova storms into finals in women's singles French Open. India is celebrating the 151st birth anniversary of Mahatma Gandhi. Before we end, let us listen to his favorite bhajan Vaishnavajan by artist from Denmark. Vaishnavajan tu tene kahiyege पीड़ पर आई जाने रे पर दुखे उपकार करता मन अभिमान नाने रे वैष्णव जन तू तेने कहिए पीड़ पर आई And with that, we end this bulletin. We'll be back at the same time tomorrow with the next edition of World News.